Hi, welcome to Reengage. Um, my name is Bobby. Uh, Bobby Johns. This is my wife, Shari. Thanks for letting us uh, share what God has done in our lives and uh, hope that it will encourage you. First, a quick prayer to get us started. Father God, thank you for your grace and endless blessings that we don't deserve. Please open our eyes and our hearts to your truth. And if there's anything useful in our story, please let it come through tonight. You are mighty and filled with love and compassion for us, even when we are lost and far from you. There is no marital problem or other issue here tonight that is bigger than you, God. You love us where we are and love us enough not to leave us there. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bobby and I were both born and raised in Texas, and we've been together for 19 years and married 14. Um, We have two beautiful boys. Um, We have a picture. Austin, who's 10, and Wyatt, who's almost 6. Um, we've been going to Watermark for about seven years now, and um, yeah, that's our two babies. <laughs> As for my background and family, I wasn't raised in any kind of organized religion. My parents were divorced when I was 18 months old because my father was gay. I usually don't mention that up front because people often tune out for a minute when they hear that. This played out badly for me because the rest of the family was deathly afraid that I would turn out to be gay too. So at a very young age, I was encouraged to notice women, to look at cheerleaders and so on. This was like throwing gasoline on a fire. I was already very attracted to women. I started a lifelong addiction to pornography that started with Playboy at the age of eight with the encouragement of a relative thinking she was helping me. I grew up with a series of stepfathers until I was 12 years old and my mom's fourth husband seemed to stick. They were married for 20 plus years. He was the first stable father figure I ever had. He taught me about being a man, not so much about by what he said, but by what he did. He was a good moral man, became a Freemason, and passed away just a few years ago. Just about the time I hit puberty, I was trying to leave anything about God and the Bible behind. I asked questions of the Christians I knew, but no one could give me what I thought were intellectually honest answers to the hard questions. How do I know that the Bible is God's word? How do I know Jesus is who he says he was? Why does God let bad things happen? 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. I spent most of my adult life far from God, actively running away from Him. If you count abortion as murder, then I've broken all ten of the commandments. I don't know how to give more details about my past hedonism without it sounding like bragging. So just trust me when I tell you, I was lost and completely bought into the world's lies, living in the darkness. I mocked everything Christians stood for, and I did it with gusto. Proverbs 18, 1 and 2. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And I grew up in a volatile household. My father was physically abusive to my mother, and when I was 15, my mother took me and my two brothers, to a women's shelter where we lived in hiding from him for three weeks. My mother believed in the Lord and always spoke of him, but I didn't understand how God could do this to us. My mother then remarried a man who also had three children, and together they had one more. Um, All nine of us lived together in one tiny house. Because of the divorce and the remarriage, I had to start over again in a new high school. In hindsight, God was looking after me. A sweet girl I met introduced me to others she knew and befriended me. 
They all invited me to go to church with them, and I loved it. At church camp the summer before my senior year, I gave myself over to the Lord and was baptized. I had head knowledge of what that meant. I thought if I was good and I helped people, then all was fine. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance to do. After high school, I stopped running with these friends I had made at church and went completely wild. I began drinking, experimenting with drugs, and because of my promiscuity and other poor choices, I became pregnant. I was scared and out of fear and selfishness. I made a very conscious decision to abort that child. I pursued a career as a tech geek. Uh, Bought the latest gadgets, pursuing anything that interested me. Uh, Followed my selfish nature. Even got married and then divorced within a year. Chased women and let sex dictate my life. All the while, something was missing. I would move from one philosophy or ism to another, trying to find what was missing. I read books on psychology, comparative religion, and philosophy for pleasure. At first being excited, thinking I had found the real answer at last, only to discover that when I chased these ideas to their logical conclusion, they were just another dead-end lame excuse for the truth. Slowly I began to live a life closer to the straight and narrow. I actually need my notes or else I'll wind up talking about the science project or something. (laughs) Started living a life closer to the straight and narrow, but never consciously trying to please or know God. Just dropping the most destructive behaviors that I had survived long enough to realize didn't work. I met Bobby in 1995, and we were pretty much inseparable. After only a few months of dating, we moved in together. I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. All of my friends were living with their boyfriends. Bobby and I got married in the fall of 2001, and after a couple of years of marriage, we started trying to have a child. One afternoon, Bobby had to rush me to the hospital because I was having severe abdominal cramps. I didn't know I was pregnant at the time until we got to the emergency room where I learned I was having a miscarriage. It was our first pregnancy, um, and we had lost the baby. I was devastated. Several months later, I found out I was pregnant again, and we were very excited about this child. During a doctor's visit, it turned out that I had an ectopic pregnancy with internal bleeding. Um, It was life-threatening and was immediately rushed into emergency surgery. I remember after the surgery, looking at a friend and asking them if this was God's way of punishing me for the abortion. About a year after this, we got pregnant again, but fear dominated most of that pregnancy. But our little blessing was born happy happy and healthy, and we named him Austin. After the birth of our son, Bobby and I drifted apart, feeling like I had to control everything, make all of the decisions, feeling very alone and disconnected. I even remember sitting on the couch one evening after Austin had gone to bed and looking at Bobby and telling him about how lonely I felt, even though we were sitting in the same room. I met my wife, Shari, and I was finally ready to get married again after much patience on Shari's part. I was madly in love with her, and with the birth of my son, after several misadventures, I began to wonder if I was capable of being a good father, not to mention a good husband or even a good man. The miscarriage as an ectopic pregnancy put a deep fear into me and made me realize how little control I really had. I had almost lost Shari. 
and the prospect made me fearful, overprotective, and timid. Everything I learned from the various self-help and personal growth efforts over the years had taken me about as far as they could. My marriage was dying, and I couldn't figure out how to stop it. Divorce was the most likely outcome, and I was in despair. Paralyzed with fear, a classic case of failure to lead and passivity. My addiction to pornography was taking its toll as well. I was letting a computer fantasy world steal time, energy, and affections from my wife. This only added to the downward spiral. And at this time in our marriage, you could say that Bobby and I were more like roommates. The distance that had grown between us was pretty deep. I would spend most of my evenings in the bedroom watching TV while he spent the evening in the living room doing the same or on his computer. I was sad, depressed, lonely. I started contemplating divorce and what that might look like. I started picturing my son and myself without Bobby. The world made it sound so easy and okay that the grass was greener and that I could be happier if I just ended the marriage and moved on. Satan was working in my heart. He would have enjoyed seeing my son grow up without his father around. My first visit to Watermark was in January of 2008. I had come with a friend who had invited me several times. She had a son the same age as ours, so it made it easier to come. And I was thinking it would be good for my son. So um, that, that message that day was a message that Todd was doing about marriage and specifically about being undivorced. I remember him saying that if you were still married and not following the Lord's definition of marriage, then you were living undivorced. It felt like he was talking to me. That somehow he knew I was showing up that morning and created this sermon just for me. When in reality, it was Jesus who knew I'd be walking in those doors on that very day. And through the Holy Spirit, he spoke to me. I remember going home that day and telling Bobby about the sermon. I told him I was going to go the next week and that, if he, um, that he could come with me if he wanted to. He didn't come again with me the next week, but the sermon was a series about marriage. And I remember praying that day that Bobby would come with me that next week. And he did. I wasn't excited about going to church. <laughs> but I went hoping for uh, a little solace and a few new social contacts. I, I didn't have any men in my life that I could talk regularly to about anything except technology. To be honest, I wasn't sure the building wouldn't cave in when I walked in. Todd was in the middle of the first reengage series, and it seemed he was talking just to me. Uh, I came for six straight weeks, and they were all about me. <laughs> After seven plus years, a couple have not been about me. <laughs> what I found were people who had a love and authenticity, authenticity, yeah, authenticity, uh, and energy that I had never seen in church before. They spoke of God's unfailing, unchangeable love for us all, even for me. A love so deep that he would send his only son to pay the price for my wickedness. I heard that I was forgiven and saved by grace. It took a while for me to come around to the conclusion that this might be what I had been looking for. Not knowing anything better to do, I just prayed my first feeble little prayer. God, I don't know what this is supposed to look like, but if you're there, please come in my heart and let me find out. Romans 8.26 In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us uh, through wordless groans. At first, I didn't tell people that I went to church here because of, not because of what they would think of me, but because of what they might think of the church. (laughs) If they let that guy in, they'll let in anybody. 
But actually, that's actually the truth. But I felt I, I needed to protect my new friends from my past. But they didn't need it. They had a protector and redeemer already. I began reading the Bible and found things that I'd never heard before. I began to cultivate a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I spoke with committed Christ followers who spoke with an authenticity I never knew from Christians before. My idea of what being a real Christian, a Christ follower, was forever changed. No one was afraid of even my toughest questions. I began to pray pray regularly and found a peace I had not had before. I began to see improvements in my marriage and other relationships. I still go off in the weeds sometimes, but I know the way back. I still struggle with the lies of this world at times, but I have a hope that I didn't have before. What I was missing was there all along. I just never saw God's love and grace for what it was, unchangeable, unbreakable, unfathomable. Somewhere along the way, my interest in pornography also diminished. I finally threw away my last stash of DVDs one day after reading scripture, James 1, 19 through 21. Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. After I jumped in with both feet, my wife began to come around a little at a time. We joined a community group. I started going to equip disciple because I didn't even know what I didn't know. What's quiet time and do I need earplugs? <laughs> we decided to give this new marriage class called Reengage a shot. 26 weeks? Are you kidding me? Okay, let's do it. You guys got it easy. 16 weeks, nothing. So, Stick to the script. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Two other couples from our community group uh, did re-engage with us. And I remember Bobby wanting to do, um, to sign up for that first re-engage class that Watermark offered, and I just wasn't ready at all. My heart was very hard, um, and I felt at times that it wouldn't soften towards him. I'm obviously glad we ended up doing it. Focusing on our marriage and focusing on Christ is truly the only way out of the deep funk that our marriage had gotten into. I'm so very thankful today for what the Lord has blessed me and my family with. Some dear, sweet friends who pour into us, love us, and guide us. I no longer feel like I was being punished for my abortion, but I am loved and forgiven, the daughter of a king. I have peace and joy in the blessing that God has given me. I think about how our little family has grown and how awesome our two boys are. And I rejoice in this relationship my husband and I now have with Jesus Christ. Bobby's my best friend, and there's no place I would rather be. He's my rock, and I'm thrilled to follow his lead. So here's a... Nope. You want to finish? Okay. <laughs> Off script again. <laughs> We still have conflicts and even argue sometimes. Probably about this later. (laughs) But the difference is that we are committed first to Christ and then to each other. Shari and I serve now as small group facilitators and re-engage. Not because we have a perfect marriage, because we don't but because we know the pain a dysfunctional marriage can bring and feel drawn to do something about it. The sadness and fear can be crippling. If that's where you are now and wondering if this is for you, yes, it is. There's no better place that I'm aware of, and there's no better time 
than right now to get started. And if you have something scary that you need to share with your spouse or with your small group, do it tonight. Dig deep and get after it. God is bigger than anything you might be facing. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for your Lord, your Lord the God is with you wherever you go. So, we have one more picture. There we go. It's a new shot picture. All right. So, thank you for letting us share our story with you tonight. Thank you. Bobby and Shari, thank you so much for sharing. I mean... When they walked in the room, just kind of we have a leaders meeting before we come here, and I just saw both of them, and just there was a smile that went across my face because, because I love this couple. And, and, and I love them not, not because they're leaders, um, but because I've seen personally just God's grace in their life continually as they share their story and come alongside other people. And, and for most of y'all, I have no idea what's going on in your world. I don't know if you're walking in this room and your story lines up with Bobby's or it lines up with Shari's, or you're coming in this room and you are like me. You're a prideful, self-righteous deceiver of others, you know, especially your spouse, and trying to continue to mask the darkness inside of you. Or if you kind of just drifted apart just through the mundane routines of life. But whatever it is, like there's... I hope what you hear in their story, and I hope even what you heard in the songs that we're saying is that there's hope. Like, this is amazing grace. What Christ did for us, his, his perfect life, the life we could not live, his death on the cross, paying for us the price that we deserve, and rising from the grave, conquering death, so that the story that you heard through Bobby and Shari, and my story, and Raul and Susan Cox, and so many others, all of those stories are just trophies of grace of what Christ has been doing from the beginning of time. What he continues to do is he just redeems people in the midst of their chaos, in the midst of their brokenness, whether they are seeking brokenness through poor choices or just brokenness is happening to them because of the world we live in. Christ is redeeming that. And I just want you to know, like, you, you are in a safe place. And if you're wondering, if you are wondering, like, is, is there hope for us in our situation? If you're like on week 16 and you're like, hey, we're still not where we want to be. Is there hope for us? If this is your first time to be here and you're saying, hey, th- this is hopeless, I want to let you know that there is hope. And I can say that with confidence because of what is Christ has done. And I can say it with confidence because the sign that I've seen in the life of Bobby and Shari and the life of every single leader you will be with tonight, wherever you are. And you can say, okay, there, there is a sign of hope. There is a sign of a rescuer. There is a sign of a redeemer in the life of someone else. And so we're so glad you guys are here. If this is your first night, like, thank you guys for trusting us with your Wednesday night and just giving this thing a try. Um, if you are not a follower of Christ, I want you to know you're in a safe place. But we are going to continue to share about the hope that we found in this man named Jesus um, because he has transformed our lives and he's transformed our marriages. And so it's just, it's a joy to, to be with you guys this evening. So I want to share with you guys what's going to be going on after this. If this is your first time, in just a little bit, people are going to exit this room, and we'd love for you guys to come up, 
here to the front, to my right, your left, and you're going to meet with some dear friends of mine, Raul and Susan Cox, and you're going to get to hear about their story of redemption and what Christ has done in and through their life. And you're going to get to hear about this journey that you um, have a chance to, to come and be a part of called Reengage. Um, if you have gone through newcomers and are not in a closed group yet, you can exit these doors, take a right, and then take another right. You're going to go all the way across the sky bridge into the, the Watermark office building tower. And in those rooms, rooms 208, 210, 211, and 212, just jump in one where there's empty chairs. And, and there will be an open group uh, there that you'll be a part of. And then tonight we also have two, um, three uh, small groups that will be started. Four. Wow. They just keep on, keep on appearing. Uh, so, so we have Team Lemus. They'll be in uh, room one, Messengers, in room two, Sims, in four, and Crooks. The community group will be in room 22. All of those are right across from the tree fort. And so that's kind of their rooms in a horseshoe all around the building just across from the tree fort. That's where you'll be. Uh, we love you guys. If there's any questions, let us know how we can serve you. Hope you have a great night pursuing oneness.